A Meeting of Terrors by Joe Talon. Chapter 3 Two more shuffling steps and we popped free of the tunnel. Hello, came a deep voice from the dark. We both flinched, colliding with each other. Hello, I asked, pushing Ella back behind me. Oh, thank God, came a young woman's high tremolo. We were now in a wider tunnel, not quite a cave, and we followed the wall around a sharp bend. There in the dark, alone and wary, were six young people. No longer the cocky teenagers they'd been a few hours before. We looked into the faces of children. They huddled together on a ledge, the young men sheltering the girls. They blinked as our torches picked out their pale, tear-stained faces. You all here? asked Ella, moving past me and approaching the children. Yeah, we all made it, the lad who called out to me. He looked younger than the other two boys, but had an air of authority about him that I recognized. Anything broken? I asked. No, sir. You are? Well, Bennett, sir, I managed to get us this far through the cave, when we realized we were in danger from the sea filling the front cave. Are you in the air cadets, son? I asked. A local unit were based nearby. No, sir. Venture scouts for now. My father is a Royal Marine, but I want to join the Air Force. I nodded, making the light flash around the small cave. Well done. Let's get these people out. We'll call it your first mission success. Yes, sir, but... But? I asked. His face crumbled. Something. I don't... One of the girls took up the baton. Something is down here with us, she said with shivery conviction. Tears streaked her cheeks, but her eyes were steady. All our mobiles run out of battery at the same time, and we were... the dark. It's alive. Ella glanced over her shoulder at me, her mouth a grim slash. Let's just gather you all up, and we'll head back to the front cave. It's not flooded, and we'll be able to see the sky. It'll make us all feel more comfortable while we wait for more bodies to help us out of here. If it lets us out, said one of the smaller girls. Ella moved into the adult mode we all faked in times of trouble when presented with terrified kids. There's nothing down here that can stop us, Ella said. I'm a vicar, and he's a soldier. Between us, we're a pretty cool skill set. Will looked at me. You're a soldier? I was, retired, and now isn't the time to talk about it. Not that I'd ever be talking to the lad about it. Ella gave everyone a quick once-over for wounds. I'll take point on the way back, she asked me. Nodding, I gave the kids instructions. One boy, one girl. Everyone to have a hand on the shoulder of the person in front, so no one will be lost in the dark. Who knew what pitfalls we'd missed on the way to find the kids? I certainly didn't want to lose any of them on the way out. This darkness held secrets they didn't need to experience. Retracing our steps, I heard Ella ask why they hadn't heard our shouts or her prayers, and if they'd heard the grinding scream. The smallest of the girls answered her questions. We didn't hear anything. The batteries went on our phones in the dark. Well, it plays tricks in your mind, right? We, we didn't hear anything. I heard the request for adult reassurance, but left it up to Ella to make the decision. Yes, the dark plays tricks on the eye and silence on the ear. Without stimulation, the brain will believe it is information from its most important and used source, the retina. At least that's how I think it works. She paused long enough to funnel us through the second crevice. No heat, no atmosphere this time. What do you think you saw? Ella tried to sound casual, but the undercurrent was clear to me. Another of the girls spoke up. An orb of light, maybe, and behind it. Shadows, said Will, the venture scout. Bollocks, said the biggest lad. He looked like a prop forward for a team of jailbirds. It was just you lot working yourself up. If it hadn't been for you, dickhead, we wouldn't have been stuck down here, snapped the girl with the most makeup, 
Mel smeared down her cheeks. And if you think we're still a couple after this... I tuned them out. With no family, I had little patience for this kind of chatter. They started to squeeze through the final crevice on the rocks, Ella in the lead as agreed. I watched the first four vanish into the darkness. When number five started to slide through, my highly trained operator instincts kicked in with a surge of adrenaline hard enough to make my body twitch. I turned and checked my six, the lamplight on my helmet flickering for a moment, the shadows dancing, leering out of the black hole, wishing us a wise farewell. I backed into the nearest child, hands aching for a weapon I didn't possess. Hey, watch it! Lorn! called Ella. I stared into the dark and fought to remain present, to push back the surge of panic. Dust and sand! I forced a calming breath into my chest, and the rock stilled. The cavity turned solid. This is no place for people, I muttered. We filed into the first cave, and Ella placed a calming hand on my back. It helped. I needed someone in my life who could offer a centre of calm among the insanity of my memories. Once we had the kids settled in the corner of the cave, I waded through the water, now down to my knees, and hitched my climbing rope back in place. Once we had the kids settled in the corner of the cave, I waded through the water, now down to my knees, and hitched my climbing rope back in place. The sense of safety it gave amazed me, as if my body knew this meant we were no longer in danger. Maybe the shadows would be pacified now we were leaving. I scrambled up the slope, loose rocks splashing into the water below, and made it to the weak sunlight. It felt good, way too good. I held the radio out and picked up a signal. I almost gave my old call sign out of habit, stopped just in time. Delaney, you there? Turner. Roger that. Thank God. We've been gone over an hour. Really? I checked my watch. Shit. Well, we have everyone. They're all accounted for, and other than being scared and cold, they're okay. I peered over the mudslide and down at the sea. It wasn't calm by any means, but it had retreated some considerable distance. Some of the most aggressive tides in the world were found on this coast. I think it's safe enough to get the kids out of here for a rescue team. ETA on the professionals? They are mobilizing now. The wind's dropped enough to get the helicopter up. Delay that order, Roger. There's no telling what the hell will disturb if it comes close. I don't think we'll need it. Just some experienced climbers to help get the kids up the cliff. Understood. We'll get them moving now. Thank you. Turn her out. We'd been in the dark for only an hour, and every bone in my body told me that we'd been down there a lot longer. An awful lot longer. Lorne, called Ella. The world is still turning, Ella. I heard her chuckle. Any chance of the rescue we need? I think we can manage at least some of it. Let me get down to you and we'll get them out. Sounds like a very good plan. We tied off the first two kids, the prop forward and his now ex-girlfriend. They climbed up the shallow cliff fall without any problem, and the big lad helped the next two. An argument broke out up there, and Ella yelled at them to behave. You better go next, I told her. If one of them falls in the sea because they're being idiots, it'll be our fault. So Ella and the smallest of the girls followed. I tied off Will, the venture scout, and clipped my harness in place. Ready? I asked. He glanced over his shoulder. I watched his eyes widen, and he stumbled in the water. What? I turned. No whisper of sound. No subtle rising of heat. A scream of grinding earth. A mountainous wave of boiling air. A shadow peeling away from the black. Claws forming from nothing. Reaching, grabbing at us. A face more carved from the ether of darkness than real. But it's hate. It's violence. That was real. A dead light in cold black eyes, 
a hint of quartz white fangs, a slate grey skin, hard, unyielding. I knew, I knew that if it touched us, then leaving this cave would be impossible. A scent of rotting fish, rotting flesh, crawled up my nose and down my throat. We both wanted to scream. We didn't have time. I grabbed the lad by the scruff of his neck and raced through the water, dragging him with me. Throwing him at the cliff, I scrambled up, hauling, pushing, forcing him ahead. His feet and hands dug into the rough rockfall alongside mine. Our breathing hissed in panicked unison. Go, 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 I yelled. Rage swarmed over my skin, engulfed my head, fought to drag me back into the dark, the endless dark of the cave, the tunnel, the dust and sand. Fingers closed over my arms and pulled us up, up, out through the narrow hole and into the sunlight. I turned and the dark rush surged over my legs, even as I scrambled away, smacking into a rock. The dark hissed at the light and retreated, taking its rage back into the black, washing back sucking down, down, in the earth on which it had been born. Will pressed against me, eyes wide, face a mask of terror. I grabbed his face and forced him to look directly into my eyes. Listen to me, son, it's not real. It's not real. We're safe. We're all safe. He nodded. The others were still silent. Ella's voice trembled. Let's get everyone onto the beach. The tide is out far enough. Novel-length Lawn Turner Supernatural Mystery Thrillers by Joe Talon. Available on Audible.